Boz. Welcome to the Land of Boz with Jeff Bosley. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Land of Boz. My name is Jeff Bosley, and I have been out of commission for quite a while, and I apologize for that. <laughs> oh, we're off to a good start. I'm already clearing my throat in your ear. Um, this is the Land of Boz for a Friday, March 14th. And thank God it's Friday, right? I, I, even though I don't have a traditional Monday through Friday job, I still really, really love my Fridays. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking for work till the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday, getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Yes. <laughs> Um, for those of you who've been with me for a while, um, I'm still working with actually recording this all in one shot. So I actually have a nice fancy soundboard. I got a little sound effect mixer thing like uh, on another screen so I can do stuff like thunder. Hold music. Sensor. You son of a... I wish I could punch you in the... music. There's a lot of work to be had, and I'm looking at this little fancy uh, volume bar, and I'm pretty sure all of those blew your ears out. So before I upload this, I actually got to run this through, I guess, kind of a, like a audio scrubber and drop down the levels. So there's a lot of work that goes into the show, believe it or not. I guess at the end of the day, you could just, you know, go to your uh, voice memo recorder on your iPhone and hit record, but what fun would that be? But like I said, it is Friday. I haven't been, um, I think it's almost been a month, and I apologize. I'll note like episode 51 was just under a month ago and um i'm trying to yeah i'll quit making excuses and, and apologizing we'll just get into the show but here's let's do a little bit of catch up uh today we're going to do a little bit of q a we're going to do of course today in history we're going to talk some movie talk because there are some huge movies coming out uh we're going to do some actor chat for you want to be actors you actors out there we're going to talk a little bit of green beret chat we're going to do some truck talk and man stuff we're going to talk motivation we're going to do some q a stuff so uh, and then even, careful, we're even going to do some relationship chat. So um, let's get into just kind of the little bit of intro in the show. All right, so what have I been up to? Um, for anybody who follows me, um, it's been a long, It's like I said, it's been just under a month since I did a show. Excuse me, i uh, got to consume a, This is the one catch with doing a show all in one hit. You have to con forgive me. I have to consume a beverage. Today's show is brought to you by Buffalo Trace Whiskey, Kentucky Bourbon. Buffalo Trace Whiskey. I don't know their slogan, uh, but anyway. Um, so I've been to the emergency room. Uh, for those of you who follow me long enough, I swear to God, I need to change the name of the show to, to the name of the show to the for those of you who follow me. Uh, but for those of you who follow me, uh, the emergency room is not a abnormal thing for me unfortunately i spent a lot of time in the emergency room um but uh this trip um it was basically it was a lot of something was going on with my back and um again if anybody who knows what a special forces green beret 18 delta is we have crazy amounts of medical training and i kind of dust off some of my medical training cobwebs and i was 99.9 percent .9 sure i was having kidney stones um, every symptom was like textbook kidney stones. And, uh, so finally I, I couldn't bear the pain anymore. What sucked though, is I was in the middle of a gig. Um, and I'll get to that a little bit later in this little, uh, 
catch-up phase of the show. I was in the middle of a uh, an act, like a like uh, technically it's a modeling gig. I'll get <laughs> you'll hear the the humor of it in a minute. And uh, I've just had to muscle through the day. And I mean, I mean, I was just I was I didn't let anybody show this, but if I was home alone, I would have been bent over in pain. So I finally went to the emergency room and I told him, you know, it's it's a catch, it's a weird thing. I'm sure my father's the same way. As an emergency room doctor, you don't go. It's weird to go into the ER and kind of like do the resume drop and go, hey, here's what I know. But you kind of want to do that also, so they know you have kind of um, uh, an idea of what's going on, so they don't think you're just kind of wasting their time. So I went in there and I kind of felt it out, and you use the right lingo and, and the right sim- signs and symptoms, and you can kind of show them that you know a little bit of soap notes and all these things. And and they're like, oh yeah, you straight up have kidney stones. I'm like, yeah, I do. And um, based on those symptoms, they put me in a CT scan and they ran me through that and. I'll be damned, not a single stone in the imagery. And um, that basically means it was low back pain. And uh, I get age, uh, I got tons of injuries. It just, some something happened and low back pain. So that really sucked. But to bring you up to the the, the um, gig I was doing, uh, to credit an ex, forgive me for a little bit of the vulgarity, Hey, I'll pay my bills sometimes however I have to. And one of the gigs I have is, um, yeah, I, I do occasionally, I'll do like modeling or commercial print work. You'll see, um, like I did the Call of Duty ads. So, you, you know, I, I, was, I was kind of quote unquote modeling. Um, I'm trying to remember the last thing that made any sort of newsworthy paperwork. I've done some random modeling. I, for the life of me, I can't remember where it, it can be seen. Um, but one of the things is because I have a unique build somebody approached me and asked me to be like a hand model (laughs) and for those of you that follow Seinfeld uh, the hand model thing is hilarious I only I do the bare minimum Um, I'm not going to protect my hands and I mean there are some people no disrespect but because they you know they put their food on their table being a hand model like if you think of all those ads where somebody's holding something in a video or a print image um, they cast they actually audition people's hands to do that and people make a living doing that so you'll see those people at auditions wearing protective gloves and all these things and i'm like no that's that's where i draw the line but if you want to you know if you want to cast me for having calloused man hands sure great you know like so some of my job most of the jobs i get are when they need like a, a tough guy hands and um, they needed my arm, like kind of like my four, my whole upper arm all the way to my hands to double uh, a very famous NFL uh, athlete, I can't say currently. And um, I auditioned for it. They looked at my hands and I had to like actually, you know, go to a chalkboard and draw like uh, um, uh, uh, plays for the offense and the defense. And um, I got the job and it paid quite well. And it will continue to pay quite well um, because I basically was an arm hand double for the uh this nfl athlete and my ex said something very funny uh she goes oh so uh today you have a hand job and yeah technically my job was i had a hand job and i got paid for it um but uh it's it's so silly because they have to uh here's a little reveal i still have to go get a freaking manicure so i gotta go to some and again i'm not being racist but i'll be damned if everybody at the manicure places um are of not of my ilk and um my good friend uh, you can hear that in the background that's my uh, my chicken is done cooking um you know what uh just a second i gotta go check that it's the hold music hold music
All right, and we are back. Sorry about that. I'm cooking my uh, meals for the week. <laughs> um, and so I have to go get, you know, manicures. And my uh, good friend, uh, Lauren, she um, she's my neighbor. We watch each other's dogs. And I was like, hey, um, girl, <laughs> you, you want to go get a manicure together? So uh, this poor woman has seen, uh, when I first moved in, um, Izzy, my dog, she's getting old. And she has like a little, she has a little dribble problem. So she doesn't, she's not exactly incontinent but she kind of drips a little bit. So it gets caught in her long fur. I've mentioned this in other shows. So the first thing, um, my neighbor saw me, like the second day I had moved in, she saw me shaving my dog's crotch because it's better to not have long hair in her area so it doesn't dry and give her like kind of bed sores. So she's seen me shaving my dog's crotch and we've gotten manicures together. And actually for another thing, um, we had to go art supply shopping. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable in my masculinity, but this poor woman has seen me do some uh, less than masculine things in my life. So that was the NFL uh, athlete gig. And what else um, since then? Oh, I, uh, a great friend of mine, Ashley, um, I've, you've probably seen her in my stories. We give each other crap. She was sick and my back was blown out. And uh, her man is out of the country. And so I think we're basically, and I'm always, you know, alone and bored. So we're always giving each other crap on Instagram stories. Um, she's a great friend of mine. We met in an acting class, and uh, we've since stayed friends. We volunteer at the same horse ranch together, and um, you know, and she uh, she invited me to be part of a, a reading for a pilot. She's uh, pr trying to get up and running, and uh, basically a table read. And what that is, for those of you who don't know, is uh, you get in a big circle, typically around a table, and you read the script out loud, and the person that wrote it or the director can kind of hear how it's going to sound. You kind of act it out, so it's like old-timey radio, and you act it out just vocally. And uh, so I've done a, I did a read for that, and then here's an epic thing. So during the back injury thing, a very long-time supporter... Um, I, I believe he did it through the Patreon page, the patreon.com forward slash Jeff Bosley, uh, bought me, and I thank you if you're listening, um, five packages to what's called Float Lab. And for those of you who don't know, Float Lab is, it's, it's what it sounds like. You go into, if you've seen the Ben Affleck Daredevil and the opening of it, he goes into this pod of water and it's got salt water. And for those of you who don't know, uh, with the right amount of salt in water, you're bo you become buoyant. You float in it. That's why when it's it's easier to swim in the ocean versus fresh water. And uh, Ben Affleck Daredevil lays in the water and it goes silent. It's it, it's basically based on the des depending on the design. It's a it's sensory deprivation and you just float there. And the you know I mean it can cover the extreme. Is it's nice because it takes all gravity off your body. And if you're into meditating and just mindfulness, you can kind of it's there's like this sensory deprivation aspect. And um, I'm all for it. I was like, you know, why not? I do the transcendental meditation. I figured I'd do my session in there. And I went and did that. And, uh, I mean, it is sensor deprivation. You are in darkness. And because you're floating, it feels like you are in this weird timeless void. Um, I liked it. It's a two-hour session, and that was too much. Uh, not for, like, some weird, creepy, you know, I was, I was having PTSD or issues with it. I just... it. My, I couldn't sit there that long. <laughs> so I would almost suggest going in tired uh, because you actually can't sleep. The buoyancy is just right where your face stays above water, your ears are just below, and you just float there. Um, and so that was cool. It was nice. Oddly, though, because my back, I thought it would be better on my back because just shy of when we've been in the womb, unless you've been to space or 
this was the first time, like I've scuba dive, I, I scuba dive and all those things, but you're still engaging muscles. This is the first time where you've been, unless you've been to NASA, the first time you've been neutrally buoyant, where you've just sat there and floated, and this is the closest thing you've come to not engaging muscles. Everything you relax and float. So it's really trippy to think like for after since 40 years ago, I was in my mother's womb floating, and this is the first time I've been in, in a non-muscular engaged uh, zero gravity-esque situation, and that was awesome. And I thought it'd be great on my back. But for whatever reason, because the way my body is weighted, just like maybe my hip area and my quads and my ass have more weight to it, it actually dropped the arch in my low back more acutely. So it wasn't actually as comfortable as I wanted it to be on my back. It was like it was kind of slightly uncomfortable. So you know, whatever. Did that um, and audition. Oh, this is awesome. So because of all the things, oh that sob. Standby. This is It's the hold music Hold music. Alright, so I'm back. Um so the other thing what's cool with the um the all the remakes and, and, and throwbacks and all the things they're they're bringing back to TV. They have like MacGyver, Swats back, Hawaii Five O. I was actually able to audition for a show I grew up watching, which is really trippy to go, holy crap, they brought it back and I auditioned for it. Don't know if I got the role or not. That was a big one. I auditioned for a huge one yesterday with my friend Ashley again. Um, and uh, auditioned for, had an audition today for a commercial job. And uh, it's been nuts. Huge thing I did the other day, and I'll kind of touch on this in the motivation section today, is I went, I dedic I actually, because there's a whole exterminator problem again, for those of you who follow me, my home is, uh, it might look kind of relatively nice and yet small, but it's a disaster. I won't get into it, literally for legal reasons. Um, but one day I had to leave the house with Izzy, my dog, and we had to be gone while they worked on the building for the day. And uh, her and I, I found a place on the map that was the highest point in California within two miles of drive, two hours of driving. And her and I went up to the mountains. We went from zero feet. Uh, sea level to 8,000 feet above sea level and we went up to the snow and the mountains and went hiking uh, we I went sledding <laughs> and it was just my dog and I and uh, she loves the snow we're from Colorado so um, that was just epically therapeutic god it felt good and so that's more or less the uh, the sum up of everything we've done so I uh, hope we caught up. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or whatever, obviously you can hit me on all the platforms and I'll talk. I love interaction. But for now, let's get on uh, to the rest of the show. All right, now moving on. Today uh, I did post a uh, Q&A on uh, Instagram, and I'll be pulling that up now as we speak. And, um, yeah, so here is a little bit of uh, Q&A. Don't ask questions you aren't prepared to handle the answer to. <laughs> so, I know that's, I don't know. I, I, if for those, if for anybody that knows what that's from, um, I'll just give you a polite nod because I really have no idea what it's from. Uh, but Q&A, a lot of times I'll just post it on, uh, I'll keep track of them. I'll copy and paste them if they're from you know, like Patreon. Some people comment on specific episodes. I just remembered somebody has been asking me about team, what I call team room talk. It's a little bit of Green Beret chat. 
um, she had a comment. I, if you're listening, I know you do. Uh, I'll, I'll flag that on my email and get it, bring it back. But uh, for now, a huge thing that happened um, in my life, I, I believe I've already mentioned this on the show, I was, a, I was a bodyguard for a ridiculously large, famous Korean band. And so a lot of my questions are based on that. Um, but today there's only three questions. The first one comes from uh, Superstars, and a word I can't, it's a bunch of consonants. And the first question is, describe your personality with one word. Relentless. Easily. That's, that was the easiest thing. I have some speeches and a lot of um, hashtags are all based about being relentless. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a speech I did at the Emmys. And uh, yeah, it's based on that. Is, is, and I even say it in the speech, I say something along the lines of, you know, being relentless, not backstabbing, not malicious, but relentless in everything I do. Uh, whether that's relationships to Hollywood, to family and friends. I'm relentless, and uh, sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad, but that answers that question. Um, and uh, question number two. Hey, Jeff, I've been following you for months. I want to ask you, what is your inspiration in life? It's vague, yet yet at the same time a really good question. Um, my inspiration is obviously I want to, quote-unquote, make it in Hollywood, uh, but the reason I want to make it, A, uh, or number one, is because I want to make movies for a living. I want to do that and do it comfortably. And just because of the absurdity of Hollywood, if I do it as comfortable as much as I'd like to, it would come with a, an absurd level of success, fame, and money. And that's not why I'm doing it, but just the way Hollywood works, that kind of will happen. And But with that, I want to, that's kind of my um, inspiration is to be able to use... Chicken's done. Uh, to use that success and that num the, that money and those those just those those kind of benchmarks and use them for good, so to speak. You know, I want to pay off debts. I want to help pay off friends' debts and family debts. I want to pay off um, unspoken debts. People that let me sleep on their couches for months at a time when I first moved to Hollywood. Uh, you know, I want to pay those off just like as a gesture. Um, you know, I want to help pay off some my family's debts. Um, I explicitly want to use, have money to go visit family and friends that I just can't right now. Um, so that's an inspiration for that. Uh, I want to be free to help struggling actors and performers, uh, and give them my two cents and give them, give the time back. You know, I, I truly, and this isn't just like the thing to say, I truly just want to use the freedom that my hopeful success will create to give back, uh, Charities, ranches, young storytellers, uh, Shadow Hills Writing Club, um, going to see family and friends, Colorado Film School, uh, film schools in L.A. I just, I just really, really want to give back and and be able to have the freedom to do that without it being jeopardizing. You know, currently, if I was to go put all that time and money into that life, you know, it jeopardize my own existence. I, you know, I probably couldn't eat if I did that. So that's my inspiration is to get the career and get the goals I want, but then the fallout, the good fallout from that is to, is to give back and help others and see family and do things that that freedom literally buys you. So that's my inspiration. And my fit, and the third question currently is, um, again, it's based on that Korean pop, uh, band that has, has kind of populated my, uh, following is what is my favorite BTS song? Um, I actually, I know what it is, but I just blanked on it, so I have to look it up. 
It's the hold music. Hold music. All right, so I can answer that question. Um, I had to look it up. Uh, I've I've used this multiple times, and people have asked me in the past, but I know I I've forgot it, and I apologize. But my favorite BTS song. Um, it's kind of funny because when I was working with them, the uh, the song I had to listen to constantly because every talk show and late night show they were, they were doing was their big hit. It was called Fake Love. And um, that got a little old, but at the same time, it has this weird nostalgia because I heard it rehearsed constantly in the Billboard Music Awards. I heard it rehearsed constantly, and I heard it actually performed at the Billboard Music Awards in Vegas. So it was really awesome. Um, and I've said this before, and I'm not going to like, I'm not going to, the one thing I promise to do is to not just like say crap just to like conform or be, you know, do publicity stuff. I value all art, uh, even if it's not my style. K-pop is not exactly my style of music. I'm not going to lie. It's not something I go by, but I do like music based on nostalgia. Like there's a lot of soundtracks I like that's not exactly my type of music, but I like the soundtrack because it invokes, evokes an emotion or from a time period in my life or something like that. So like they gave me their, their album and I, I, I don't necessarily listen to it, but I like it because it has a lot of nostalgia, but a song I would, I do actually have in my workout mix um, that isn't like fake love because I like I said I heard it all the time but it's not my jam it's not exactly my style is this one song song called Mic Drop and it's a remix with Steve Aoki and I'm again I'm not that cool but um, I believe Steve Aoki is basically a DJ that remixes other people's stuff forgive me if I'm butchering that but when we were in Vegas we met him and that was pretty cool so that's like just a coincidence excuse me uh but here is a little taste of how long is this song it's four minutes so i won't make you listen to the whole thing but here's a taste of the song i like um mic drop by bts mic drop by bts <laughs> There you go. That's my drop for you. That's my, uh, I guess you would say my favorite BTS song that I would actually put into a mix. Like it's, it's on my workout playlist. So that is, am I right? Am I caught up? That is today, or today in history, good Lord. That is today's uh, Q&A. All right, now, because I kind of stuttered on it, uh, we will do, um, I've said this before, we'll do a little bit of education, and um, I try to, this blows my mind, is that uh, I believe, uh, I believe she's a straight-up teacher, takes what I mentioned on today in history and takes it to her school, her class, and talks about what happened today in history. So um, it, it, it blows my mind. But you know what? Uh, that's awesome. So here's a little bit of today in history. Extra, extra, read all about it. Life story of Playboy Penny. Extra, extra. 
All right. Today in history for uh, Friday. Well, it's not Friday. It doesn't matter what day. Uh, but for March 15th. Uh, today, March 15th in 1869, it's the first professional baseball team. The Cincinnati, Cincinnati Red Stockings is organized and becomes the first professional baseball team. Can a team exist in a professional sport without another team to play? I mean, I guess they're technically in first place if they're the only team. The team consisted of 10 players who went on salary until November. They would post a perfect season. Okay, maybe I'm an idiot, but of course they posted a perfect season. There was no other team. I don't know. I'll look into that. I find it funny because I remember in, uh, I believe it was high school, we had to do a skit. Even back then, I was trying to do movie crap. Uh, We had to do a project talking about something, and I had to turn it into a movie. I did a documentary on the first baseball team, and I did a lot of shtick and, and like, slapstick comedy. It was absolutely absurd. Uh, So today, March 15th in 44 BC, uh, for those of you you heathens, that's before Christ. Yeah, (laughs) am I wrong? Caesar is assassinated by Marcus Brutus. Watch the show. Oh, crap. What is it called? It's on. It's on. uh, Is it called Rome? Yeah, it's it's called Rome on on Showtime. It's awesome. Uh, It's an amazing, if you're... If you need your history to come in the form of entertainment, watch Rome. I, it's on Showtime or HBO. I'm pretty sure now that I think about it, it's HBO. But I learned most of my life history uh, on that show. March 15th, 44 BC. Julius Caesar's fortune teller had warned, beware the Ides of March. Uh, the Ides of March falls on March 15th. Ironically, that's when dude was smoked. Uh, this is interesting, being a Catholic, but it's interesting that it took this long. March 15th, 1988. The first... African-American Catholic Archbishop, Eugene A. Marino. He's appointed Archbishop at Atlanta. All right, moving on. Today, March 15th, 1958, JFK, after having been accused of his father's money and influence to buy the election, John F. Kennedy reads a telegram where he said he received from his dad, Dear Jack, don't buy a single vote more than is necessary. I'll be damned if I'm going to pay for a landslide. Interesting. I did not know that. The more, the, uh, uh, I have, uh, it, <laughs> oh no, am I going to ruin it? I almost had a funny joke here. Am I going to have a funny joke? Am I going to have a funny joke? Am I going to have a funny joke? Oh man. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I didn't know that. Did you? The more, you know, <laughs> that was painful. I'm sorry. Um, so moving on today, March 15th. Uh, the first U.S. blood bank opens uh, March 15th, 1919. The American Legion. Uh, for those of you who don't know who aren't in the military, that's a big uh, like military thing now. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of trivia. Today, March 15th, 1892. No kidding. The first escalator is patented by an American inventor, Jesse W. Reno. Wow, March 15th was a big day for Catholics. March uh, 15th, 1875, John McCloskey is the Archbishop of New York. It's the first American Roman Catholic Cardinal. I always find this stuff intriguing. March 15th, 1820, Maine became the 23rd state. Yet another thing in the Catholic Church on the March on March 15th. First Catholic nun ordained in the United States. Uh, March 15th, 1729, ceremony and profession is held for Sister St. Stanislaus Hochard of New Orleans. 
the fourth man of the moon walked on the moon today in 1932. Uh, Alan L. Bean, General Andrew Jackson. If you don't, I don't, do they teach history anymore in school? <laughs> uh, but today, born March 15th, General Alan Jackson, uh, an American politician, seventh U.S. president. He was the only, U what? How did I not know this? The only U.S. president to fight in a duel. He shot and killed Charles Dickinson. Sorry, that is bad ass. A president that goes to like a duel. Here, I'm going to give you a little, a little, uh, you're a man, President Jackson. bit of he-man right there um what else i don't know who that guy is i don't know who that, i basically if i don't know you guys don't get to know judd hirsch uh i grew up watching dear john with my family when we sat down and had t late, late night tv time with my family judd hirsch was born today march 15th 1935 he was an emmy award-winning actor if you if you grew up even older than me you saw him in taxi i saw him in the tv show dear john Blah, blah, blah. Today, well, and today, Julius Caesar died, as I mentioned. Um, not much else cool or death-wise. So, that, <laughs> that was the day in history. Oh, I pressed a button too soon. Sorry about that. Okay, moving on. Uh, we are 30, wow. This show's so easy to do. I really apologize for not getting it done as more frequently as I should. Um, but now we're going to do a little bit of a box office nerd talk kind of combo because there's a lot of big stuff happening as far as nerd world. You know what? You know, I know I've been hitting this button a lot lately, but I'm going to see if I can get one of my friends to come on. So just a second. Do 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 do. It's the whole music do do. Hold music. All right. Well, she is not answering. So uh, this segment of kind of nerd talk, box office, Hollywood. <laughs> if you can hear that in the background, it's brought to you by my chicken cooking. Uh, but it will have to be solo because sh uh, she's not answering. So here is a little bit of nerd talk. Nerd! All right, so I'm going to look at the box office stuff, um, but that's also means um, it's kind of, so that's why I was saying it's a little bit of box office flashback, but I'm also going to do discuss what's going on in Hollywood right now. Um, so like I said, it's Friday, March, 4th, or March 15th. Here's the movies that have been out, and here's what's going on. Captain Marvel, as we all know, you know what, I'm going to open up Fandango and see what's opening up this weekend. Um, but Captain Marvel is at the top of the list, $153 million. It's only been out for like a week. Um, no big surprise there. Um, gosh dang it, this button is getting annoying and I apologize. Uh, but let me get this set up right, so hold on. Did it? Do 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 do. It's the hold music. Do 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 do. Hold music. All right. So continuing on, we all knew Captain Marvel. If you're not a nerd, uh, or fan, movie nerd, you 
you would know what that is, but if you don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I still haven't seen it. I'm waiting to go see it with a Strasburg professor friend of mine. Um, uh, he was my instructor, and he's now become a friend. Uh, we're going to go see it next week. So I've avoided all spoilers thus far. Sadly, I've heard it's actually not as Marvel as Marvel movies have been. So we'll see. Um, out also is, no big surprise, uh, the Lego movie number two. It's doing awesome. Um, I, I need to see both of those. I worked with a guy actually twice. Um, on a, on his TV show, he cast me as a, as a character on his show, and I uh, worked with him on uh, the uh, movie with Christian Bale playing Dick Cheney on Vice. Um, Tyler Perry, a Medea family funeral. Uh, let me drink some water. I can't fault him because it works, because it's the number three in the, in the theaters right now. Uh, but... I've never had an urge to watch any of the movies, but that's not, you know, here nor there. So uh, that's out. <laughs> Alita Battle Angel um, is out still, and it's number five. It's something that needs to be seen for those of you. It's kind of a, it's, it looks like CG gone crazy. Green Book, it did, it, I think it won best movie at the Oscars this year. I need to see that. I need to see some, you know what? Maybe I'll just spend this weekend and watch movies. I got a paycheck. You know, I might do that. Uh, Green Book's still out. Go see that. Apollo 11, I've heard it's really good. And then I would also say, go, still go, if you haven't seen it, nor have I, go see A Star is Born, go see Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And I'm going to roll up to the top 20, and that's in the top 20. After that, it's uh, Bohemian Rhapsody's lingering around 21. Glass is still at 22. Um, Aquaman is still in 25. Uh, but yeah, there's some decent movies out. Nothing crazy. I'm looking at Fandango for things that open up this weekend. And uh, I'll tell you what, I have not heard of any of these movies. Sunday, Adam wrote what? <laughs> They're doing a Roadhouse Point Break re-release. That's fun. Uh, Friday, these are just some straight to some very unpublicized movies. So no big big movies coming out this weekend so your best bet is to go go see the movies you haven't seen you know what i genuinely may spend it, it's absurd but i don't give myself time and in the spirit of what i did when i went up to the mountains the last weekend i may just go watch some freaking movies and don't tell anybody i may try to do the thing where you stay inside and just pay for one movie we'll see so that's been a little bit of nerd movie talk chat chatty stuff um, feel free to chime in. Like I always say, you're all welcome to chime in on any of the pages and, and put in your two cents. But, uh, until then that's been nerd talk. And moving on, uh, as I guess you would say a full-time actor or aspiring actor, I don't know what you want to call it, but that's pretty much all I do. Um, here is something for those of you who do listening, listen because you're a wannabe actor, you're a current actor, or you're just interested in the acting world. Um, here is a little bit of actor chat. Well, I'm an actor, right? So I got to keep my emotions right at the surface, you know? <laughs> okay. Thank you, Joey. Uh, so for today's actor chat, for those of you in the industry, so to speak, is Vor focused on people in the union. And by union, that's the SAG after a union, um, Screen Actors Guild, and for the life of me, I can't remember what after stands for. Um, it's just like any, well, actually, I should say it's not like any union. I was in the union as a firefighter. I was in a uh, trucker's union when I was uh, worked as a truck driver in Washington. 
it's unique, but at the end of the day, it's a necessary evil because you have to be union to work on films that are union based. So all the major, all the real quote unquote real movies and TV shows are union shows. Uh, so if you're not union, you can't, you can, you can audition for them, but it really limits your, your options. So assuming you're union like I am and a lot of the, uh, major people are, if you will. One thing I think people should need to focus on if you're in the acting world is to always be studying. Uh, I think I, I pride myself on not just moving to Hollywood and changing my Instagram handle to actor. Um, that's great, I guess, if you believe in the secret and putting out in the universe. But that's like my dad after high school just saying he's a doctor. That's that's bullshit. That doesn't work. You have to study. You have to train. There's no degree. I mean, there are degrees, but they're kind of, you don't have to have an acting major or a degree to get work, but you have to be studying. And the thing is with acting is there's so much downtime. And if I'm fortunate in that I live so financially thin that I can only act. Um, I do occasionally side work so rarely. I'm very lucky, um, that, uh, but between that I have tons of downtime, so to speak, or, you know, obviously anybody who follows me knows I don't, I don't waste my time, but I have a lot of downtime in between formal, actual onset work. And um, I'm bringing this back myself personally. I think a lot of actors need to do this is take advantage of there's so much free stuff out there. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about is the SAG after conservatory. Um, it's obviously as a union member, it's a benefit. I I believe, don't quote me, but I believe it's like 45 bucks a year. And you, there are classes daily and they're substantial classes and they're free for 45 bucks. Uh, and the, the, even if it's not $45, if I can afford it, odds are most people can because uh, as I always say, anybody who follows me knows I live horrendously thin. Uh, sometimes I don't eat for a couple days because I don't have money. Um, but the SAG after conservatory offers tons of classes. I've in the last two weeks, I've gone to two or three, I think, and they're great. And the thing is, is with acting classes or performing classes, even if it's not your jive, you, at least you're around something that you're learning and you're being around the, the craft and the business. So at least you're doing something. So even if you'll never go back to that class specifically again, at least you did something. It's better than zero. Like I always look at two things at the end of my day. If people goes, well, that's a low paying job. If I didn't make any money one day, a low paying job is still more than I made on the day I made zero dollars. And if there's a class that sucked and wasn't my jive, it's more than the class I didn't take one day when I didn't go to class at all. So it's more than zero is how I always say it. So if you're an actor, go to the SAG after conservatory classes. Like for example, I went to one last week with a good friend of mine, Brianna, longtime friend. We've auditioned and been in a lot of stuff together. And, uh, his name is Isai Morales. If you're a fan of the Netflix show Ozark, uh, if you're an old guy like me and you saw La Bamba, he played um, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. He played the main guy's character's brother. Uh, he was La Bamba's. <laughs> La Bamba's not his name. That's the name of the song. Uh, but I just blanked on the name of the, the character the, the the show is based on. But he played the brother. But Isai Morales is the uh, the Mexican dude in Ozark opposite of Jason Bateman. He popped in. He taught the entire three, uh, four-hour class. We did scenes. He actually critiqued the scenes. And it's great because the thing with a lot of classes is you're, you have this right, wrong, or indifferent. You have this instinct of like, well, why, why, are, why do I listen to you if you're teaching? I don't even know who you are. So like 
it's kind of Hollywood is weird in that if you're not on billboards and in major movies, you don't have any people have this accidental instinct to go, why do I listen to you? You're not famous, which is bullcrap because there's still an education to be had by quote unquote non-famous people. But it does help when you can talk to somebody that's made it. But we all know making it quote unquote is sometimes a fluke or the right place, the right time, right talent, right, right work ethic and all that. So it's also every once in a while nice to see people we can we can look to and go okay, you know even though it's a it's a it's a the subconscious level we go oh he's Cy Morales he's been in all these TV shows he's on Ozark so we can listen to him more, which isn't necessarily the case but it does kind of have a little bit of pseudo validation to listen to him and so he taught the class it was a four hour class we all did our scenes he gave his two cents based on his experience the instructor there I've I'm was a huge fan of he. One of the lessons he taught me was if you want to be in a lead in a series, you need to be willing to be, you have to be a leader. The show is dependent on you. It's on your shoulders. It's how you act. It's how you work. It's how you focus. It's how you study. And I knew that, but him saying that articulated it into this nice little package of relating to, you know, being a leader in the military or just being a leader in life on how, yeah, the lead in the show, it doesn't just mean you're the super famous highest paid person, but it also means the show rides on you. And you need to take that responsibility seriously. So, I mean, I learned a lot in just the three classes, and those are free. I mean, like I said, you pay a one uh, a yearly membership, and it's I think it's like forty five bucks. I really think it's super affordable. Um, there's those, but then there's also t- every every acting school in Los Angeles offers one, two, or three free trials or test drives or audits, as they're called, and at least you can go that one day and get a free lesson in watching some of them let you participate some of them you just have to sit back and watch but there is free education out there and trust me because i am always broke always running on zero dollar bank accounts there's free stuff to be had so i i save my gas and i make sure i only i have gas to go to these things and they're out there so if you're an actor in la take advantage of the free offers out there if you're a union reap the union for all it's worth you pay and here's a little insight i don't know the number off the top of my head but for those of you who don't know the union dues yearly are like four thousand or to get in initially is a four thousand dollar fee it is absurd and yearly it's something like four or eight hundred dollars it it crushes me every year i have to pay my dues um, so the right thing to do is obviously put away in savings and all that and be ready for that big smack. But holy crap, the union's expensive until you get major, major work. So if you're paying into that just to say you, you've been in union movies or just to give you the opportunity to audition for major, major uh, mainstream union TV shows and films, rape it for all it's worth. There's so many free classes and courses and lectures. There's so many presentations. There's so many events at the SAG-AFTRA um, uh, I think it's also through the conservatory they'll have major stars come and speak and do Q&As and do just lectures and there's so many freebies. Take advantage of it for all it's worth. And uh, the, the gist of it, whether it's through sag after or otherwise, always be studying. Whether, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm very fortunate at Strasbourg I get to go and sit in on classes. Uh, for this Jack Reacher thing, I'm always reading a novel or a book ba- the, uh, of the Jack Reacher series. Um, like, Here's an interesting thing. Tom Cruise, 
uh, has been quoted multiple times, and I, I've heard the audio where he says he watches a movie a day. Now, if you're watching a movie a day and just turning your brain off and just kind of going stupid and numb, that's not studying. But if you're actually watching a movie a day critically, I actually have a notebook, and it's my movie journal, where I'll watch a movie and actively take notes on the movie. You know, I'll try to still enjoy it, but I'll actually watch the movie, taking notes on things that just strike me. Uh, you know, I kind of have some behind-the-camera experience, so I'll look at things as far as a producer, director, or a cinematographer, but a lot of it, I just try to look at it from the actor's standpoint. But I'll take notes at each movie. So I, I don't Tom Cruise didn't watch a movie a day, but I watch a movie f every other day, maybe every three days. Uh, you know, so at least watch a movie critically as an actor, or but something, do something daily, study. This is the one job you you have so little control over so the things you can't control do and one of the things you can do is study 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 <sighs> so that is that that has been uh actor talk all right and i want to move on into the other extreme of my life um as uh whether you do or do not know i was an army Special Forces Green Beret. Um, I pimped that out a little bit because uh, there are very few of us in the uh, world of Hollywood. And uh, there are very few of us that have extensive acting experience. So I try to pimp out both. Uh, so here is a little bit of Green Beret chat. Those Green Berets, they're real badasses. You scared, mother Well, you should be. Because this Green Beret is going to kick your big ass. I eat green berets for breakfast. And right now I'm very hungry. I can't believe this macho bullshit. <laughs> okay. So green beret chat. One thing I, today I wanted to talk about, um, I mean, it's not a green beret thing, but it kind of came from the green beret world, is uh, situational awareness. Let me adjust the microphone. I'm getting a little lazy. Uh, is situational awareness. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to assume I'm talking to the, the um, kind of least common denominator here. Um, situational awareness is what it sounds like. You're aware of your situation. That's but it's also I, we are as a society are becoming so numb to what's going on around us. You know, a lot of us, we walk down the street with our heads buried on our cell phone. A lot of time we have our earbuds in and listening to music. I've actually caught myself multiple times walking down the street going, you know what, if some fool just lost his mind and just attacked me, I wouldn't have known it until it was too late because I have earbuds in and I'm just, my face is buried in my phone. And we all need to be more situationally aware. And one of the things, a lot of people go, oh, you're paranoid or you're overthinking it. That won't happen to me. But here's a story and I, I don't mean this, uh, no disclaimers, whatever. Uh, I can't quote the year, but the gist is, is back, oh, quite a ways back in Arizona, there was a shooting and it was before the Colorado shootings. It was before the Boston bombing. It was before the, uh, the nightclub in Florida, uh, the, the gay nightclub and shooting that shooting there. It was before all the, ma the, all the major, major shootings. There was a shooting at, a, I, I believe it was in Arizona Walgreens and there was a Senator there. That's how it caught a lot of news. Otherwise it might not have got a lot of news. Um, this was before the Vegas shooting, um, and somebody lost their mind and just started shooting up people, and a, a, some senator or something got shot. I remember being on the phone with a person in my life, I won't say who, and going, this is why I carry concealed. In California, you have to be God to carry a concealed weapon if you're not a cop. So I don't now in California, unfortunately, but everywhere else in the United States, I've carried a concealed weapon legally because 
you never know. And the person on the phone at the time of this Arizona shooting was like, yeah, you're overthinking it, Jeff. You're being a gun freak. It's over, you know, you're overthinking it. And I'm not saying everybody has to carry guns, but fast forward to today, March 15th, 2019, how many shootings have there been? A lot. So now it's, it's anything is truly possible now. So it's sadly in the world we live in, it's not out of the realm of possibility to have some crack freak walk on Hollywood Boulevard while you're buried in your cell phone with your earbuds in, loses mine and just stab you and attack you. So situational awareness, you know, live your life, you know, don't live a life of constant uh, uh, fear because that's no way to live, but have a live a life of constant awareness and a perfect example, perfect example. In my neighborhood in, in North Hollywood, it's constantly tagged, tagged as in um, graffitied by a major international gang called MS-13. They're everywhere. They're major around here. Uh, I'm counting the days where something goes wrong. I, I hate to say it. Uh, and I go to the gym and it's about four in the morning. It's super dark. And I mean, think like I'm a criminal. Four in the morning, nobody's around. We live in a society where nobody wants to be part of any sort of drama. So attack people going to their car at four in the morning because there's nobody out. So just try to think like a criminal in a way. And that's that situational awareness. So I'm walking to my truck. I walk through an alley to get to my truck. That alley is has tons of MS-13 graffiti in the alley. So I'm aware I'm walking right through their hood and their territory to my truck. When you get in your cars, how many of you get in your car and lock it? Like right when you get in, lock the door. Probably not many. A lot of people in newer cars, it's not until you get up to a certain speed where the car will auto lock. Or and if you live in a, if you're in a really old car, the car doesn't lock at all until you get out and lock it yourself. So think of those kind of things. That little obstacle, if somebody's walking to your car to like carjack you or rob you and the door's locked, that's enough of an obstacle to buy you time to turn the car on, hit the gas, and take off. So think of those little situational awareness moments. Get in your car, lock the door. Um, I've gotten that habit myself. I'd like to think I can take care of myself. There may or may not be uh, some sort of thing I can beat a criminal's you know, skull in with right in my driver's seat, but I'd like to have the door locked. Breaking a window, for those of you who don't know, it's breaking windows are, is hard. The movies make it look easy. It's really hard. So if your door is locked, you've bought time. And odds are it's not some cinematic robbery where the criminal has an amazing huge gun and shoots your window out. Odds are he's probably has no weapon and is beating on your window. So get in your car, lock your door. That's that situational awareness. Be aware of what could be going on around you. Parking garages, same thing, especially in Los Angeles. Perfect parking garage example is in Los Angeles, the gym I go to. Um, especially when it's there's uh, inclement weather, uh, the gym up until like it gets business hours, uh, no disrespect to the homeless, but it is full of homeless people camping out over the night to stay out of the weather. Odds are, everybody minds their own business, but you never know. You get to that parking garage alone. <sighs> Excuse me. You get to that parking garage alone, and it's just you and a large amount of homeless people uh, seeking shelter. It's not. The odds are not in your favor. So be aware of that. Get your head out of your phone. Get your earbuds off. Keep one earbud on or one earbud, you know, not in your ear. Uh, one thing we, we learned, and it's super simple, especially in big cities, is as you're walking down city streets where a lot of the uh, storefronts have like mirrored glass or some sort of reflective window, it's so super easy to look in that reflection and look if anybody's like looking up shady, walking up behind you. 
and you don't have to look like you're looking at them. Especially we all wear sunglasses. It's super easy to look at in the mirror or that window and see if anybody's tra tracking you from behind or been following you or straight up attacking you. Um, same with uh, when I was up in the mountains the last week. That's actually probably more safe because nobody goes up to the mountains to rob people, but it was just me and my dog. Yeah, I was 100% alone. Somebody wanted to smoke me and bury me out in the woods. Nobody would have known it otherwise. So it's just always, always, always being aware. So please, sadly, our world is truly messed up. Think of the world we live in and, and try to still enjoy it. Don't live in a constant state of fear, but at the same time, be aware we you know don't be ignorant we live in a messed up world you know kind of think about what could go wrong and try to at least uh, prevent it from happening so that's been a little bit of green bray talk on situational awareness all right oh, god i don't know if i'm doing something wrong because i know when you sing you're supposed to sing from your diaphragm but my throat is almost already raw um but we're wrapping up the show. God, I got, I got, this is a whole lot of show. So I feel like I'm definitely uh, giving all your, uh, the shows are free now, so I can't say money's worth, but I definitely feel like I'm giving you guys a little bit of bang for your metaphorical buck. Uh, but now we'll get into, uh, for those of you who drive trucks, yeah, we're covering all the bases today. Today we're going to do a little bit of man talk. That was He-Man. I'm not sexist. I'm joking. Don't read into it. So the joke. A uh, little meta truck talk. A little bit of man talk. Uh, for those of you who drive four-wheel drives, one thing I learned this weekend. Uh, my old Land Cruiser is... This might go over a lot of y'all's heads, so sorry. Uh, my old Land... Oh, I'm so tired. I apologize. <laughs> my old Land Cruiser... Uh, if, if you don't know what this is, you're just going to have to skip. Sorry. I'm going to assume some of you listening have some idea what I'm talking about. But my old Land Cruiser, all, uh, both axles are uh, on lease springs. There's not a coil independent suspension up front. It's all, all our lease springs on a solid axle. Uh, but my Dodge has independent front suspension, like coil springs up front, and in the rear has lease springs. And I'm learning, and our people are seriously welcome to chime in and give me some advice here because I'm actually out of ideas. I'm learning because my truck sat in Arizona. It was on the lot. It was a used truck I bought. It sat on the lot for a while. So the spring sat there and I presumably rusted a little bit. And those springs where the U-bolts are and where they um, uh, bolt around the axle squeak embarrassingly loud. So embarrassing. Um, I, I took it to a shop and one guy laid under the axle and listened really closely while I walked, rocked the truck back and forth. And we isolated that the U-bolts, the, the nuts on the U-bolts and, um, where they were clamped around the plates that went around the axle. That's where the squeak was happening. And they went to start tighten the nuts on those U-bolts and they were actually significantly loose. So we tightened those down and the squeaks went away more or less, but they keep coming back and the bolts are still tight. So... This is more or less like just ramble because I don't have anything to really tell you to learn. But I'm actually asking for help. If you do know what could be done, uh, you know, like, do I need to replace my plates? Do I need to maybe take all the plates out and like take a wire, like a, a pneumatic wire brush to them and actually smooth the plates out and add, maybe even add some axle grease between the plates? 
Um, but that squeak, it's embarrassing. You like every turn or any time the suspension takes a load, which is when you hit your brakes, when you turn, when you, your inertia changes, all my rear leaf springs squeak and it's astonishing. It's, it's you know, first world problems, but it's really annoying. It's really embarrassing. And so I actually got to take it to a shop and my, my thought just brainstorming is to un take the U-bolts off, pull the leaf springs down and, and jack some axle grease in there. Um, depending on how easy they come apart, because in the middle of those leaf springs is going to be that pin. Um, on my truck, the pin is actually a screw, so I could actually unscrew it, and presumably the leaves will all fall apart. Like I said, take a wire brush in there to get nice, cool, nice, uh, fresh metal between the, the between each leaf. I don't know if there's like Teflon pads to go in between each leaf, but God, it's it's annoying. It makes my truck looks nice, but it's, it makes it also sound like a piece of crap, and it's like it's hard because you spend money on a vehicle, you want to be nice, good quality, so. Uh, if anybody has any ideas, I guess it's kind of like a more of a question segment, like help me fix my truck. Uh, but but what's ironic is my Land Cruiser, which has four sets of leaf springs because it's two, it's front and rear, no squeak. So I don't know what the difference is. What is causing that squeak? Obviously, squeaks are typically metal on metal, but leaf springs are always metal on metal. So I'm really confused. So help a brother out. You know, Jeff's Jeff's little baby sounds really annoying. So that's been man talk, a little bit of truck talk. All right, second to last. Um, a little bit of motivation. Um, I want to talk about, well, before I get into it, today, uh, the second to last segment, we're going to do a little bit of like, you know, some of the stuff I touch on is motivation or like a little bit of ass kickery or like maybe a little bit of like pat you on the back or just something you might need. So here's a little bit of motivation talk. All right, so with all that nice little intro, motivation talk. I want to talk about what I'm going to call two topics. I want to talk about time triage. Now, I'm learning it more now that I'm in this Hollywood world where so much is at, God, it's so hot in here. I have to turn off all my air conditioners and it's starting to get actually hot in LA again. <sighs> um, but in LA, it's more in this Hollywood world. It, the time triage is more, so much is out of my control. It's much more on my shoulders. Like, you know, when I was a firefighter or a green beret, I had a very regimented schedule. Whereas here, it's a lot on my own shoulders. So I'm just going to read my notes verbatim. Time triage. What is it with people assuming you have a sixth sense of priorities when you simply just choose what is due first? So it's not like if my friend is in front of a bus, I don't care about them and I'm not going to scream or try to save them from getting hit by a bus. But if they want to do something on a Wednesday and I have something due on a Monday, they are not getting any of my attention until Wednesday because the first thing coming up is due Monday. That doesn't mean it's not doesn't mean I'm prioritizing. It means I'm scheduling what is going to hit me in the face first. And I don't know if any of y'all have that same problem. And if you do, this is where I'm just kind of saying let's rally up together and like feel strong and empowered. I personally don't think there's anything wrong with that because you, if, for those of you who don't know the word triage, a it's tattooed on my arm. It is the sixth sense of prioritization of what is going to kill you first. In the medical field, it's it's a it's a literal phrase, but I also use it metaphorically. If I'm trying to meet with a friend next week and I have an audition tomorrow, 
I'm ignoring the hell out of that friend and focusing on that thing due tomorrow. And sometimes you get so busy or so chaotic, the only way you can pick what you need to focus on first is to pick the thing that's going to kill you first within seconds, minutes, or the next day. And then you move on and move on and so on and so forth. And sometimes that's just the way it is. So if any of you have a job or a career or a mentality where you simply choose what is due first and triage your time, so to speak, props to you. It, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean you have a sixth sense of priorities. You know, I know in a general theme, my family wants me to see them first. And I, I, oh, I want to see them so bad. Trust me, I really want to see them. But I don't have the money. And that's just kind of a generic, unscheduled concept. But oh, however, I had an audition today. So I had to focus on that. You know, so it's just a sixth sense of priorities. So if you're that way, again, I don't know. I wish I knew I was right or wrong, but props to you. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Or if you're not that way and you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to like time manage, you know, work on your time management skills, consider triaging your time. What is going to kill you first? What's due next? Not what's, and then start scheduling it that way. Focus on, on a, a like a, a chronologically linear concept you know, let's say it's Sunday right now. So you work on what's due Monday. And then after that, then only when Monday stuff is done, you work on Tuesdays. And then if only when Tuesdays is done, Wednesdays, so on and so forth. So try that. It might help. And number two, the show's getting long, but I owe you one. One thing I, I just did recently is social media is effing us up. And I, it's uh, hugely ironic because I base a lot of my career on that. But one thing uh, I've done, and maybe y'all want to try is I have gone to my stories, this is very specific on Instagram. You can look at your stories. Um, I have turned off stories that I don't need to see and, or I choose not to see, or that invoke a negative emotion. And that's not the person's fault who's delivering those stories, but I've actually turned off friends stories that, that, uh, create jealousy. That's not their fault, but it's the way I receive it creates jealousy or uh, businesses that have nothing to do with my business. You know, we, we waste so much time on the internet and, um, and we get kind of sucked in this rabbit hole. And so I turned off a, a lot of stories. The only stories I, I have still on my Instagram specifically are like movie acting Hollywood focused stories, uh, tattoo artists, <laughs> um, a few bit businesses that I've, I work with or we've been in contact with one or two or three or four actors I'm very inspired by and uh, a couple friends I really want to see their life. But beyond that, I've, I've got rid of stories because I'm tired. I, I it's if I'm not getting a good positive like catching up with friends vibe from it gone nix it. So try to consider that get rid of stories. You know, maybe we don't need to see everyone's every second. Um, I might be shooting myself in the foot saying that, but you know, it is what it is. So that has been a, a little bit of, I, again, motivation talk. All right. And I guess lastly, this is technically relationship focused, uh, but God help us because if you've been with me any length of time, Jeff Bosley giving relationship talk is is like Dexter, the serial killer giving talk on how to not serial kill. I, I lost my metaphor, but for until then, uh, here is a little bit of relationship talk. Do you believe in life after life? 
that just ends. Wow, I got to work on that sound effect. So relationship talk. Uh, the reason the intro is that way is because it's very dichotomous. It's all happy and love and motivation, and sometimes it's just sick chaos. Today touches more on the sick chaos. Uh, today's topic is ghosting, being ghosted. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it can range. The outcome is always the same, but the reasoning or the extremes can range from A to Z. But ghosting is basically like uh, having an interaction and a genuine human connection and, and communicating to nothingness. The extremes could be like somebody, a couple could have sex and then they could share their wealth and then a person disappears off the planet taking their money. Or the other extreme is, is like people chat and then all of a sudden they disappear from their life. But the end result is some sort of disappearance. And the reason I wanted to bring this topic up, like 90% of the show is it's, it's just Jeff therapy, but I just, I got ghosted. And here, here's the honest to God truth. Uh, no sexual interaction, uh, completely innocent, like almost like that grade school, innocent, childish, fun interaction, completely pure. Obviously there was a little bit of flirting, romantic interest there. Uh, we actually were talking a lot of business and like work stuff to do with like Hollywood and like the stunt world. And, uh, her and I, we went to dinner casually, she paid, uh, and then nothing like I, I, because I'm so effed up and scarred from my last relationship, I'm walk on constantly thin ice of like, do I communicate enough? Do I not communicate too? Do I communicate too much? So I'm constantly on that. So I was very careful to like, to toe that line very subtly, but I would text and say, Hey, you know, in this day and age, if you don't hear a text back from somebody in a couple of days, you know, they've, they are ignoring you. I mean, unless they, I, I, again, when I was married, I was able to text my wife and that was from like the middle of nowhere. And, you know, it, it, she always knew if she didn't hear from me for weeks at a time, that also didn't mean I was dead or ignoring her. It was because, you know, I was a green brain in the middle East. But in this day and age, I posted this earlier in the week on my Instagram stories, ironically, is that if you don't hear us back from somebody for a couple of days, it's safe to say they're consciously ignoring you. It doesn't mean they want you dead or they want, they think you're an a-hole, but they have chosen to not respond to you. It's not like you're texting Hugh Jackman and he's not responding. Dude's busy, probably just has to focus on what he has to focus on. But if you're texting friends and they don't respond to you in a couple of days, silence is golden. And uh, this individual and I, we'd only like actually interacted and met for like 96 hours. And like I said, completely innocent, no physical stuff. Like we leaned on each other once, you know, that's it. Uh, and we left completely positive on a very, very, very positive note and nothing. Gave it a couple days, said, Hey, everything cool. Got a response. Yeah. Things are fine. Uh, okay. Can we hang out a couple days later? Ignored. And it basically, I would give open-ended questions where the, where I could set up the situation in that, where this, her re response would speak volumes and then it got worse and more blatantly ignored and very obvious being ignored to the point where my final message to this individual was, I, you're not giving me much to go on, but I'm going to basically assume this silence means I've done something wrong, which I know I haven't because I haven't had enough time to screw anything up. But basically the way you're treating me is completely disproportionate to, uh, anything I've 
remotely could have done. And since you're not telling me what I've done, I'm just basically going to consider this highly disrespectful and very, very uncool. And so uh, until you prove me wrong, I'm just going to assume you're not the kind of person I want in my life. And it sucked. But by definition, it went from great positive happiness to complete you're dead to me over the course of 12 hours. And that's ghosting. So for any of you that have gone through that, I do not know what to tell you, but until this experience, I had no empathy for you. I now have empathy for you, and it's mind-boggling. Like, I could not get, but I could almost comprehend if, like, a couple, you know, like, had sex one night, and then, like, there's regret, and they took off and never want to talk again, because one is, like, all clingy, and the other person just wanted sex. I could get that, maybe. I could get, like, the soap opera version where a person takes their money and disappears, and they ghost them. I could get that. I mean, I could wrap my mind around it, I guess, in a weird way. But going from, like, nice, casual, completely innocent, not, no deep weight flirting and chatting and just friends. Like, I, I'm more offended if a friend doesn't talk to me than if an ex-girlfriend doesn't talk to me. Because friends don't do that to each other. Exes, obviously, we all hate each other. (laughs) But like friends, you don't do that to a friend. And so, yeah, like uh, if you're going through that, I don't know what to tell you. Um, Yeah, feel free to chime in if you've gone through that. So in a way, that was kind of a little bit of relationship chat on uh, today's topic on getting ghosted. Um, But yeah, so it's weird. It's truly interesting. Um, and you know, it's almost like this person died, but I know they're alive. The person isn't highly interactive on social media, but they're, they're alive enough. I actually was, I had a moment where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to be a man and pick up the phone and call the, call her. And, uh, she go, she texted back in the middle of the, while it's ringing. I've done this too. So I didn't falter it's like saying, Hey, let me call you back. I was like, All right, cool. Fast forward days later, no callback texted. Hey, you're going to call me back. Yeah. Fast forward a couple of days later, no callback. Message received. Silence is golden. You want me dead. I don't know what I did, but you know what? Um, there is a thing that makes me uh, consider the world we live in, especially in L.A. And I, I hate that I'm getting jaded about this, but this is the world we live in, especially in Los Angeles. So just a second. It's the hold music, hold music. So I will take out the show. We are now hitting the hour and ten minute mark. I'm just going to hit a song. This has happened multiple times in my life, romantically or otherwise, and it's highly applicable. So for you good guys out there, this goes to you. Green Day Stadium. The mere mention of its name conjures up images of sweat-covered mosh pits, vomit-soaked stands, and very worried parents. But to three ragtag musicians from the Bay Area, it is simply known as home. Like salmon swimming upriver to spawn, the faithful come out in droves. Where else would you rather be than right Right here, here, right now? Yeah! First number, Trey counts us in, right? I want Billy, I want Mike, I want you on your march, damn it! Just like we did it all week long! is a rough and at times cruel music. It is not Stay with nice. Me. Stay with In me. punk rock, nice guys finish last. Here we go. 
Nice Guys Finished Last by Green Day. It seems like it's always been part of my life. But on today's relationship talk, it seems highly applicable. So thank you for taking us out, Green Day, even though they didn't give me any permission to say that. Um, But thank you for listening uh, to today's show, Friday, March 15th. I'm probably going to post this Thursday, March 14th. Um, As always, feel free to comment, email, post reshare anything and everything because this is a highly interactive podcast i do it for you you are the end user you're my boss i'm the employee um and as always patreon.com forward slash jeff bosley um people are still patrons and um helping me chase the dream provide you what i provide you and it's all massively appreciated so it's awesome everybody have a great night um i just thank you. It, that's pretty much the end of it. So I appreciate everything. Everybody take care and have a great, depending on whatever day you're listening to this, Thursday or Friday. Oh, and go forth, conquer, kick ass, be relentless. Adios. Adios.